Mo, are you there? Yes, I am there. I, it took me an extra second to figure <laughs> out how to unmute. It's all good, man. It's all good. Um, I just want to say to you and to our listeners, um, only got about a half hour here because I got to get back to writing and calling, but holy shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, you go, you go. I mean, that's just, that's just Kyrie. He comes in and he, he, he blows up days. <laughs> he really does. And to anyone, maybe I have the wrong idea, but to anyone who's like, oh, isn't this great for your business? Yeah, but like the day to day, it is man. It is great for your business. It's great for our business, but it also adds in a whole new wrench of like yeah. just trying to figure out. Okay, now I got a whole, like we were all thinking before this. What's Toronto do? What's Toronto going to do? What's Toronto going to do? And then some other side characters, but now it's like everything is just turned completely to oh where's Kyrie going and that's a whole different and now we're all trying to chase and figure it out and the trade machines are going nuts the group chats are all blowing up with different trades it's it's wild so we'll start with this in that um through various reports uh you know the Lakers the Mavericks the Suns Heat have been mentioned as Kyrie teams so um I can say that checks out with what I've heard um and like previously, like back in December, there was um, some talk about like Kyrie could Kyrie to Miami work with Kyle Lowry, and um, you know the Clippers are a team that obviously is looking for changes at point guard, um, and like could in theory match salary to give um, the Nets something of a package back um, that could keep them competitive around Kevin Durant. Um, but that's the big question mark here that everyone I've spoken to already has is that because look, as Toronto has been at the epicenter of all this, like you talked about, Mo, like so many teams have said to me, kind of you know, out of the corner of their mouth while we've been talking about the Raptors. Well, what if the Raptors are kind of waiting to see what happens in Brooklyn? Because obviously they were they were poked in or they're they're plugged in with Kevin Durant's trade request last summer, and there has been, I mean. You know, you've worked for teams. Teams are always trying to figure out who the next star is that's going to want out right. or who the next star is that's going to become available. And KD already had one foot out the door. So the thought that he could put it back out again or even take a whole leap out, I mean, that's the ripple effect that everyone is waiting to see will happen here. For now, this I mean, the Nets basically called Katie's bluff last summer and has built as good a team as they could around him. And they were like the number two seed in the East before he got hurt. If they actually were there, if they were not, I apologize, but I remember seeing them. No, they were there. They were, they were, I'm I'm pretty sure they were the number two team in the East before Katie got hurt. There you go. So that being said, like my educated guess on to how the Nets will respond to this, Immediately, being that the deadline is obviously less than a week away, is to try to find a package back for Brooklyn that will, A, keep Kevin Durant uh, inclined to stay there, and B, obviously that means competing for a championship. So, I mean, you look at the Lakers, I just, I find it, I still find it hard to believe that 
they the Nets wouldn't be able to find a better package than Russ in two seconds because they'd also have to figure out more salary to match Kyrie's number of Russes. Um, yeah, Dallas, I think the most likely figure yeah. is Joe Harris if they're going to do it, which for the Lakers yeah. is, yes, <laughs> please. Yeah, the Lakers would love a laser, <laughs> as we've been talking right. about on the show. So then from there, I mean, I think the Nets still value Joe Harris. So, like, I mean, his name's definitely involved in trade talk, but, like, I the two the two seconds I just don't think are really enough, and obviously the whole Russ KD history is a whole nother can of worms. So then right. you go to Dallas. I'm going to go to Dallas because I said you know we talked about the Lowry stuff earlier, and like I just the way Kyle Lowry's playing right now, I just can't see Brooklyn would be super enthralled by that offer. Um, Dallas, I mean, same deal. Like the Mavericks are surely, surely, surely right now and will be in the future if they can't find somebody trying to find a second star next to Luka Doncic. But, like, is Josh Green and Doran Finney-Smith and Tim Hardaway Jr. getting the Nets excited? I don't think so there. I, this is just me connecting the dots, right, because we're talking two guys on a podcast with a lot of people listening. Like, to me, Phoenix, it, again, if KD is not available, because obviously they would probably prefer Kevin Durant, right? To me, Phoenix just seems like the most likely landing spot, and they could come up with various things. And I saw it in the comments. I mean, yeah, like, why wouldn't Chris Paul work? Like, the, the, the Suns have been looking around for post-Chris Paul starting point guard opportunities, and Kyrie Irving would seem to fit that bill, right? That's just... Again, I'm not reporting that has been discussed because obviously Kyrie requested a trade, you know, fucking an hour ago. But, like, right. <laughs> that's just an idea that is definitely circling amongst people in the league, let's say. And it would seem like it would kind of scratch both backs or all backs involved, whatever. Mo, what do you think about that concept? Yeah, I think that's probably the the best deal for the Nets to possibly make that would kind of keep them in a, a position. And, and I'm guessing we're talking, you know, I mean, I've seen stuff like CP and, and, and Aiton for, for Simmons and, and Kyrie and things like that. Like I'm, I'm seeing wild stuff in that range. I think CP would be a great fit for them for Brooklyn. I think it's, it would be a smart move for them. It would be short term just because we know CP's beginning to slow down. We're, we're watching it in real time, but I think it, it would help them a ton for everything that they, they would be looking for. And I think it gets really kind of interesting there. Cause like you said, all the other trades, none of them puts the nets in a better position than where they are right now. And yeah. I, I think that's the most important, unless you think Kyle Lowry just needs, just needs to get away from Miami, that it didn't work, that he never bought into the heat culture and all of that stuff. Unless you think that that's what's, what's been holding him back in Miami. You know, like, I don't see a trade that you can look at if you're the Nets. It's going to be like, yeah, this is going to keep KD excited and pumped up. So, we'll see. I mean, the Nets called KD's bluff, like we said, and just went out and traded for Royce O'Neal and re-signed Nick Claxton. And uh, they were high on TJ Warren, right? And thought they'd just build an offensive juggernaut that would keep, you know, Kevin interested enough when no deal met. I mean, that was their approach with Kevin all along. Like, we're not, we're not just going to move him because he requested a trade, but like, 
this is a little bit different in that. I mean, I would. I just don't think they want to resign him. Exactly. At one point in time this year, I mean, re-signing Kyrie Irving was the farthest thing from the Nets' minds, and the fact that they got to this point where I definitely heard they were they were having short-term contract conversations in lead up to this, which is what sparked. I know it's been reported elsewhere, um, but which is what sparked this uh, uh, trade request. But like. I just – he's not Kevin Durant in terms of someone that they're going to like. I mean, they could very, 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 very feasibly just say, we're, we're not going to trade you unless we get something that's keeping us or making us better as, as title contenders, right, like you were saying, and they can just ride this out, and then maybe things change again come June and they give him a – he's more amenable to a two-year – whatever. But, like, I just – I feel like this is an opportunity now to make something happen, and I think they will probably take it. If if a if a deal that really does meet that criteria comes, I mean, I, I would be very surprised if the Nets don't wipe their hands of Kyrie Irving if if that deal emerges. I think one other thing to really kind of consider from the Nets' perspective in terms of what they might be looking for in a deal, because I think obviously the first question is, will this help us win a championship this year? But I think one other thing they got to keep an eye on is hey, do we make this trade and accumulate assets so that in the summer, when the next disgruntled star comes? Not if, when, because there's always a when in the NBA. of When the next disgruntled star comes, we're in a position with enough assets that we can make a run at him. And maybe that's where the two Laker first-round picks come from. Maybe that's you know where, where you're looking at. So that might be something to consider in terms of if they're just thinking this year we're not ready to compete for a championship and we want to get rid of Kyrie and we don't want to lose him for nothing because that's a real risk. That's They're playing a bigger game of chicken with Kyrie than they were with KD. KD was under contract for several years. He had just signed an extension. Like they weren't weren't looking at it in a way of like, well, he might leave next year. Kyrie, in, in my honest opinion, come July, if he's still a net, will be somewhere else before the end of the month. Like it's not a uh, surprising thing. So that might be a part of the calculus. I would have, I would have that conversation if I was in the front office going, well, Hey, like let's look at some of these other deals and would it position us better in the off season to make a bigger move? For sure. And like other little data points just to pass along. Like I just, I know definitively um, in, in June when you know, they were having ideas about Kyrie being traded to the Lakers before he opted in. Like, that's just, they weren't taking that package. Like, they just weren't. Maybe right. things have changed now because we're actually at the end of the year or, or, you know, approaching the end of his contract. And, like, there isn't a, a bulk of season ahead that they could kind of just say, no, like, we'll take you and we'll keep you. Um, but that just wasn't a thing that, Brooklyn was interested in um and then they also were not interested in DeAndre Ayton like that was that was pretty clear and and the fact that his sign and trade could have been a mechanism to get KD to Phoenix like it was just very consistent that Phoenix didn't or that Brooklyn didn't have much interest in Ayton so that those are just a couple of things to to remind people of yeah Um, and I, I would I would wonder if that was more the idea of Ayton teamed up with Kyrie because they wouldn't have KD anymore, or if that will change because now it's thinking eight in with KD. And that also gets, if they get, if they find a way to pull off 
like if, if they could find a way to get off Ben Simmons at the same time, like that would open up so much for them. And I think that would make things interesting for the Nets. Like, it, listen, you got to report on this way more than me. I get to just <laughs> analyze it after it happens. I, it's it's going to be a really interesting, you know, five, six days until the trade deadline at this point. Um, Eric, if we can take your call, we'll, uh, I would love to not talk Kyrie. I'd love to just touch on other things while people are here. Yeah, but I got uh, a list of it. Two quick questions. Um, we got to keep it to one. We got to keep it to oh, one. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, all right. Six, uh, Sixers moves. What do you think their plan is? Do you think it's a backup big? Do you think it's a wing player, two-way shooter? Like, I know they don't really have a lot of assets to make those type of moves, but, you know, what do you think their plan is uh, pr- 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 prior to the deadline? Sorry. You got it, Eric. Um, I had another notebook that I think will probably come out tomorrow now. I don't want to uh, – confirm that but i probably will um and there's a sixers item in there that i will save but i will say this and that i think that it's clear to me that the sixers are looking at like killing two birds with one stone in that if they can find a backup five man who can also you know acquiring them like on a minimum salary or, or salary that is small enough where they can also get under the luxury tax. I think that is what the Sixers are looking to accomplish. I mean, how bad do you think they need a backup big mo? Oh, desperately. The Sixers have been down this road before where they didn't have a backup big. And honestly, they might have won a championship with the the year they played Toronto. Because every time Embiid went to the bench in that series, it killed them. And just a name, I don't know if it qualifies for, for what you – you had mentioned in terms of what they're looking for and killing two birds with one stone, but a guy like Nas Reed would make a huge difference for them off the bench. Yeah. I would, I would personally, I think, I mean, Nas was another uh, topic, if you will, that I'm going to write about tomorrow, but I'll say that like, he's going to want to get paid. He wants to get paid. And I think that's going to maybe steer some teams who are interested in him away. But if you're Philly, like why not take a one year, flyer rental on him um if that's just something that you're I mean, you're so close to the, to if, the it, if it gets you to the finals and it's just a rental worth it i think so too. And i don't think the cost will be so extreme right i don't i don't think so either because i think minnesota knows that they got to move him because they can't sign him i mean honestly if i'm minnesota i would be looking more at trying to move cat so i could keep nasreed i think he's a better fit with <laughs> gobert and everything that goes with that but i understand the situation that this is also why I'm not a GM, folks. Uh, <laughs> Most fans are probably their eyes are bulging at you saying that you would move Nasri, you would move Cat to make a, a better fit for Nasri. That is something, though. All right, Zach, what's up? Zach, are you there? Going once, going twice to unmute, going three times. There Zach, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry about that. Um, real quick, I just, uh, I'm seeing my team's name connected to this player again, Miami Heat, Kyrie Irving. Um, I know it's a long shot, but I think it might make sense. And I know Phoenix is probably the team that makes the most sense for the Nets and Phoenix is, you know, staying relevant in a championship hunt, but 
I'm, I think I have a good feeling about this. Kyrie to the Heat. That's all I got to say. I, 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 I will just say this to you, Zach. Good luck to you thinking that you, Kyrie's going to fit into Heat culture and and conform in the way that they would want him to. That is that is the one thing I would the caveat I'd be very nervous about with him going to Miami. Uh Gio, what's going on? Hey guy, how are you guys? Hanging in, man. <laughs> if it, yeah. So my question right is so if the Warriors don't make a move, like what does that mean for, for, for the future and this and this summer for Drew Draymond Green? So like if they don't make a move, I don't think Draymond comes back next offseason if they don't do anything like next Thursday. Because I think it's I think it's over at that point. Thoughts? No, I want to defer to you. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think part of that, the calculus of bringing in Draymond, there's a couple of factors. One, how the team does in the playoffs. There's, I still think it's lining up perfectly for them to make a run to the, to the Western Conference Finals, if not the finals, again. And I think, you know, the way they're, they're kind of setting up. And then it's just going to come down to the market for Draymond and, and how much salary is he going to command. It gets, it gets really interesting. But we are near the end of it because we're beginning to hear, is Bob Meyer is going to leave? And, you know, all of those things. Like, we're beginning to get to the end of the road here with this team. And it's going to be just a question of, you know, how, how do they finish this out? And will they finish? If they finish strong this season, I could see them saying, no, let's run it back and bring Draymond in again. And that, that if they flame out in the playoffs, I could see them going like, no, now we need to make changes. So it's going to come down to what they do in the playoffs. I think the Warriors also recognize that, like, when they get there, they're going to be the Warriors. And, like, I don't think they feel so much pressure to do dramatic things right now. Like they're gonna call around and they're gonna see if there's an opportunity to do something, but like I just I think like many teams that Golden State is probably um it's probably very well positioned compared to other teams to like kind of make calls now to stack their deck for a bigger move or a different move down the line. Um just being that I mean their their floor is so much higher than everybody else. Like their margin for error is so much wider. They're the defending champions. They've been there. They've won four of them. Like, I don't think they're – I think as long – I mean, they end up with the seven seed, and they have to play, like, Memphis in the first round. Like, that'd be tough, right? But, like, if they get past Memphis, and they're, like, effectively the two seed all over – you know what I mean? Like, I don't think they're looking across the aisle at any team as as afraid of of playing them. And then, like, they'll just kind of, you know, effectively swap in the bracket. So – And they're not – and they're not afraid of Memphis. If no. there's one thing we know, they're just not afraid. I mean, they're really not afraid of any team in the West. Um. All right, Alex. What's up? Alex, you're on mute. Going once. Going twice. Anthony. Existence is pain. <laughs> Anthony, you there? All right, we're guys. You gotta work the mute. <laughs> JJ, you there? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. What's up, JJ? Uh, hey, what's up, guys? Um, I just had a question about the Blazers. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if uh, they were still in the race to get OG, 
And I saw Shams uh, report about like the Vanderbilt interest. Uh, I was wondering about just those two things. Yeah. Jared Vanderbilt, I've definitely heard linked to Portland as well. Um, I heard even like a package for him that just, I don't think it's going to cost, or I don't think they're trying to get him for too much. I think their offer um, would be a contract. I don't want to say exactly the player uh, and a second round pick. Um, and our two second round picks that that was what I was told. Um, and, but like Utah wants a first for all those guys. I want a first for Vanderbilt. They want a first for Beasley. They want a first for Conley. So, um, teams are going to definitely take the Laker Rui Hachimura approach though. And they're going to offer two seconds for any, any first round pick until they have to put the first on the table. That's going to be the, the way things operate here. Um, and then, uh, in terms of are they still in the race for OG? I mean, there is no race for OG. Like, it's funny how, you know, like I could report seven teams in my next, uh, um, in my next article that are like in the hunt for OG Ananobi, but like until he's actually been made available, which he very well could be, like it definitely could happen. I mean, I was talking to someone today who was like absolutely convinced it was going to happen. The Raptors are telling teams, like, when they get back from this road trip Sunday night, Monday, then they'll start to get back on the phone again and, like, have conversations and decide what to do. So I would say no team is out of the running or in the running necessarily because there is no running yet, you know? And I would say every team's in the running for OG. Every team's – if he's available, every team's going to make a call and try to figure it out. So I don't know if I'd say any team's the favorite in that regard if he does become available. But for Portland, I mean, I just i i find I would find it very difficult for them to get OG, and unless they're willing to include, you know, like Sharp in the deal, or or I mean, I think Portland needs to think about start moving the idea of moving Simons because we've seen the small backcourt with this squad before, like it doesn't work. Colin, how can we help? Hey, Jake. Hey, Mo. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, uh, just a quick Milwaukee Bucks question for you. Um, obviously, we've heard them linked to Jay for the last basically like four months. Um, just wondering if they're willing to – have you heard them floating Marjan or that 29 first? Basically, our own only assets at this point for, for any significant upgrade. I, I don't, I'm just wondering if you've heard anything like that. No, I think the latest I've heard in terms of like – Milwaukee's offers are just second round picks and the fact that they're like willing to put Jordan Nawara in the deal in any deal I feel like the Bucks have communicated to other teams is like that's something that was like hard for them to do but I don't think he has a ton of value on the league either so um it'll be uh I mean the Bucks are active they're going to do something they're trying to do something it'll just be interesting to see what they actually end up landing and I don't anticipate them moving off of Marshawn Bochamp yet I, don't, I mean, I'd be, I'd be very surprised. Two weeks. What's up, buddy? Hey, Jake. Uh, well, uh, I'll save the Kyrie Lakers stuff because I know you already talked about it. But do you foresee them trying to make a trade for a shooter, the Lakers, that is, for somebody like Buddy Heald or Gary Trent Jr.? Um, it seems like they want to make a smaller move. Are either of those names kind of percolating in the wind? So... I mean, Gary Trent Jr. has definitely been connected to the Lakers, I think, for obvious, you know, clutch reasons. But also, he does kind of fill that need, right? And he's, you know, he's a decade younger than Bojan Bogdanovic. I know the word I've heard that, like, why Bojan 
is uh, such a you know primary target for the Lakers is because he's proven and battle tested and can just do it now. Um, and so, um, you know, from there, like, yes, would they like to try to use one pick to go and get like a shooter like that to just upgrade this team? Yes, but if they can offload Russ to go get Kyrie Irving, like that's going to take priority. Like that is clearly going to take priority. That's that's the number one choice right now. That's everything that they're looking at. It's going to be Kyrie, and then after that, if they if they realize they're not going to be able to get him, then they'll start looking at shooters. I I, I like Trent there. I I I don't know if it if they have enough to get it there. Oh. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jared, and we'll try to get to a couple more. I gotta I gotta get out of four thirty. I gotta write, Jared. What's up? Hey, just wanted to ask about the Knicks. Uh, obviously, it sounds like they're going to try to move Reddish. Uh, I was going to ask about OG. Uh, you kind of answered that earlier. Uh, it sounds like they're going to give three protected picks, maybe, if he's available. Uh, just wondering if you heard anything about that or anything else. There's really nothing to say about Cam Reddish, aside from the fact that his value is not very high on the league, and I think he's really like a backup option for Milwaukee or Cleveland. I've been asking and asking, trying to find – other teams, I mean, the Lakers obviously had interest, but I mean, outside of those teams, like it just seems like that's kind of it for market. I mean, Mo, do you, do you have any higher expectations for for what he could, you know, achieve in a different situation? Not really. I think I'm off the Cam Reddish train, as I feel like most of the league is. Uh, I think the the thing for me with the Knicks, just my own personal opinion. They just need to stock assets right now. This would be a trade deadline to, to, to load up on assets because they need to be more aggressive in the offseason for wh- whoever becomes available. I think making a giving up a lot right now for OG Ananobi doesn't make them more than, like, what, fifth seed in the East? Like, I don't think it moves the needle for them. I think they need to start thinking we need a massive star and we need to start loading up assets to get there. Jared, what's up? Hey, yeah, just to – toggle off of that i mean who do you see as like that next star if it's you know if the knicks not to jump on the knicks train but like i was going to ask you know you already tackled og i mean what have you have you heard anything regarding the knicks next step um realistically um you know what's going on lately you go now predicting the next star is always kind of difficult but i think it's I think the playoffs will reveal a lot. Like, this is all hypothetical as the title of the show. Don't aggregate me or anything on this. But if, hey, if Philly flames out in the second round again, you know, and James Harden starts kind of flirting to go somewhere else, does Joel Embiid <laughs> stay? Like, what's the, what's the, what, what happens there? You know, there's other places. I, I mean, I made the joke about Cat, but I think, you know, like, I think Minnesota needs to turn that team to Anthony Edwards. And then there's always somebody else. Is Trey going to be available if the Hawks end up stinking it up towards the end of the season in the playoffs? You know, you got to start kind of thinking that way if you're, if you're the Knicks. The Knicks are definitely looking at various things, but it seems like front, it seems like wing players is like where their, where their hearts were set. You know, like um, I've definitely, you know, their OG stuff is real. Uh, Ian Bedley reported to Deke Bay for Tadik Bay as well. Um, Malik Beasley, we talked about. That's kind of all I can share off the top of my head. Alejandro, last one that we're getting out. Alejandro. All right, real quick. There was a, there's been reporting about 
Timberwolves Nas Reed like that he's they've been trying to reach an extension but they couldn't really agree to it so do you think they're the Timberwolves are going to consider trading him yeah I mean we talked about that earlier like to me Nas Reed would I mean they, they're not going to be able to re-sign both Nas and Jalen Noel so um one of those guys seems very likely to be traded by 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 all accounts um Mo which one would you be trying to keep I mean I'd I'd probably be trying to keep Nas Reed, but I think it's more likely he goes in there. Um, all right, man. Thank you so much for the time. Anything you want to plug? Bleach Reports, Mo Daco. Uh, Bleach Report podcast on the Athletic NBA Podcast Network. One Mo thing on Twitter. Uh, and I think that's about it for now. Thank you for hopping on here, man. Appreciate you. Always good seeing you. Hope the next time is not too far in the future. Uh, Sounds good, Jake. Be good. Everybody, have a good weekend. And Kyrie Irving does it again. See ya.